Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have nothing other than the community episode for June 2021. We have a great cast of characters joining us today to talk all about the Pirate's Life Sea of Thieves update. We're going to be covering Tall Tale 1, our feelings on how this partnership between Disney and Rare is going, where we think it will go, and some spoilers at the end because there's just something that I have to get off my chest before I get a chance to talk about it with anyone else. And this was a great episode. Really hope that you guys enjoy it. Let's get into the patron callouts. All right, so this week I want to thank Bentley Beaver, Chateau Neuf, Chris Horn, and Cosmic Johnson all for manning the portside cannons. Next, we've got El Jefe Esteban, Trickster, Jabaro 5, and Kazuya the Rogue all on the starboard cannons. Up in the crow's nest, we have Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, and Xbox Mike 29. Then Papa Fuzz and Registella are rowing in a docked rowboat on the back of the boat. That's strange. Rust Belt Kid T and Professor are out checking some barrels and making sure that those are squared away. Then we've got Big Bad Pad and Mina Fairy off the ship actually to get a message in a bottle and killing some skeletons. Then we have Super Pack and Davram TV checking out some riddles on an island nearby. Fergatron, Straw Hat Connor, Tech Deku, Windsor Chris, and Zam Wow. They are all at the helm and bucketing water. Thank you all so much for your continued support. I really hope that we manage to get whatever it is the heck we're supposed to be getting on this voyage done so that we don't have to continue doing such strange and bizarre things. But let's get into the actual community episode where we had all of these uh, fine folks joining in, if possible, to sit down and talk about some of the different things that are coming with the game and this update. I can't wait for you to hear it. Enjoy. Me. Yeah. yeah, we could hear Dub Dub. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Difficulties. Hey, Dub yeah, Dub. Right. Thanks for letting me know, by the way, too, because I can always edit the roles manually. Yeah, that was it. Was weird because it happened a minute, uh, a, a couple weeks ago, and I didn't really. I've been busy, so I hadn't been paying too close attention. And uh, I looked today, and I was like, "Ooh, you know what? I bet my credit card expiring messed that up." Because it still showed me, like, when I go to Patreon, it still says I was a, pa- a Patreon. But uh, yeah, whatever. All good. I appreciate you letting me know. There's Patty. Is that a Patty? Hey, Pad. Hey, Pad. Pa, 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 pa. Uh, All right, that's Chia. That doesn't work. All right. Well, uh, welcome, everyone. This week, uh, or this month, we've got our community gold hoarder episodes. If anyone has any questions, concerns, comments about how to become a patron so that they can join in on these end of the month episodes, just let me know. You can always head over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast to join up uh, so you two can share this this month is kind of nuts because this is the first episode that we're going to have post launch for the Pirates Life update with uh, Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean crossover with Sea of Thieves. And while we're not going to get into spoilers till the very, very end, uh, we do want to talk a lot about what I imagine are some of the thoughts from the community as far as like crossovers, uh, general feelings on the update and just kind of gloat a little bit about some things at the very end. So this week I have uh, Dub Dub Goose, El Jefe Esteban, Mina's Fairy, Registella, TN Professor, and Big Bad Pad joining me. How are you all doing? Doing great. Good. Good. We're doing fine, Logan. Awesome. And 
I'm very curious uh, if if someone wants to to jump in and kind of give some some thoughts. Like, where do, where do you guys want to start off? I'm I'm very curious. Like, who wants to jump in and and who's the most excited to talk about this update? So I was I had mixed feelings going into the whole Disney thing because um, I mean we can let's all be honest. Disney pretty much rules the world, right? I mean, they, they've got their fingers and all kind of stuff. So my fear was that they were going to come in and take over to the point that it was going to diminish the lore and stuff that we have been, you know, working our way through for you know, three years now. And um, so I was a little apprehensive going in, but now that I'm on the other side of doing everything, they were able to strike an amazing balance, I think, to where it, it, it all it all fit and nothing was diminished. If anything, I think the Sea of Thieves lore was pushed forward. Um, and it's just massive kudos to both Rare and the, uh, the Disney team for working together and creating a product that I think is really fantastic. Yeah, all, all 100% there. I guess um, let me let me kind of lay down the, the the kind of groundwork, I guess, for this. Um, for those that may not know, maybe maybe this is your first episode, you may not know. Disney has uh, worked with Rare to get the IP of Pirates of the Caribbean into Sea of Thieves. This is something that, uh, like Hefe said so well, we're, we're not sure how it was going to work out. I, I, I agree 100%. I do think that they've done a really good job making sure that both lore uh for or both lore aspects for the ips were respected well um let's kind of start off with the the general consensus D- do we think that rare pulled off pirates of the caribbean well enough in the game like do the characters feel like they are represented well enough um let's let's start off with dubbed up and we'll kind of work down the list um Yes, I think so. I've only played the first one. I've been really, really busy uh, with real life stuff, so I haven't been able to play very much the last like week or two. But uh, I played through the first one like a hundred. I've one hundred percented the uh, the first Tall Tale, and uh, I think it's cool. I, I think it's good. Um, I was I'm kind of like half a when I watched that first trailer. I kind of groaned a little bit because I was like. Ugh. Disney. Not that I have anything against Disney, but uh, but so far so good. Um, I'm gonna excuse myself early because I've got company, but uh, and I don't want to get spoiled because I've like I said I've 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 done the first one and I've just scratched the surface of the second one. But uh, so that that's my thought on it so far. And, and one thing I have noticed too, it does seem like the new enemy types kind of seems like there's way too many of them around. But <laughs> once again, I haven't played that much. But I sailed past an island earlier today just sort of messing around for a few minutes and there were three of the uh, electric whip dudes and a crab guy chasing after my boat as I was driving by. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a few out there for sure. Um, Hefe, how, how do you feel about Disney bringing, giving their IP to rare? Has rare done justice to pirates of the Caribbean? I think they have. And one of the, just, small things that I've that I've noticed and I paid attention to is just like the um the movements of some of the characters, especially like with, with Jack and just the way you can definitely tell that they took great care in watching his body movements from the movies. Or even like the uh that that, that the body double that they that that Rare was able to get access to uh, at the studio. Um they did a tremendous job with capturing just some of those iconic kind of just hand motions and body gestures and those kind of things. I think they did really, 
really well in that aspect. Um, so I think they, I think they realized what they had the opportunity to do, and I think that they took great care to make sure that they did it well in representing you know, the pirates IP. So I think overall, yes, fantastic job. Awesome, Mina. Do you think uh, Jack is pretty enough in the game? <laughs> um, I I think they did an awesome job bringing those characters in. I wasn't sure when I heard about what was coming, I wasn't sure how that was all going to mesh with the Sea of Thieves world and lore. And I have to say they've done an amazing job bringing it all together and incorporating it in a good way with the lore that we have and adding to it. I think it's awesome. Awesome. And Regis, do you think Jack Sparrow was pretty enough? Uh, yes, he these movements are perfect. He's he sounds just like the actor, the original actor himself. And when I first saw the reaction, which was like roughly three in the morning, my time like two weeks ago, I was so close on nearly screaming in the middle of the night when I saw the reaction. Like you, you want to understand how like it it was like a little past three a.m. in the morning. Try my hardest not to like you know freak out of the whole thing, and uh, yeah, he he done so he's done so well. Like you know, very very faithful. Awesome, Professor. How did you feel about the IP? Is it is it done right? Is it giving? Do you do you think oh, that uh, do you think Pirates of the Caribbean is getting a better reputation because of this? <laughs> Absolutely. So I was the rare optimist about this whole thing when when news broke. I was I was excited about it. I thought, man, this is a perfect match. Um, I, I really feel like I could trust Rare. They had a strong concept and story. Quite honestly, it was the right time I felt for Pirates of the Caribbean to, to be matched up. It was a waning um, franchise. I think what you'd talked about in an earlier podcast was right on. Matter of fact, I would almost give the edge to Sea of Thieves having a little bit stronger balance um, and leverage. I think Sea of Thieves... <laughs> um, matched well. I think Pirates of the Caribbean needed it more than Sea of Thieves needed. Um, so I thought it was a good match, and they have done an excellent job of tying the story in, um, and and kind of matching the lore of both places. Um, and I think really I, they didn't necessarily tie up all of the storylines that we keep talking about, but they went a major, major length in getting us closer on on so many. And I think we know now why we were killing um breaking statues um so long ago yeah yeah it's it's oh man it it, i'm so i can't even get into it right now i'll spoil (laughs) stuff that's a a long long uh way to wait you know oh yeah (laughs) it really has been i'm and i'm glad too i'm I'm glad because i have some theories that uh that i'm going to bring up when we when i start diving into spoilers because i've been having so many questions about what's been going on and every i've been going back through the tall tales again for a second time and as I'm playing through it, everything that gets talked about throughout the quest, because every each of these I found has a fair amount of dialogue added to it, which is is surprising considering, you know, most of the time you go, you do a tall, tall tale and you just go out and you do it after you've talked to the person that's actually giving you the tall tale. You're generally given a book and you just have to go figure it out on your own. This one had a ton of over uh, or voiceover done for it. And going through and and listening to those voiceovers and thinking about what they're saying in the context that it's in and what it means for the game. Uh, I've, I've started kind of taking each tall tale 
and writing out big notes with big questions about lower aspects and stuff. So I can't wait to dive into that. Um, Pad, I'm curious. Uh, oh, I just blinked on. I got so distracted. You got me on the mermaid thing. And now, <laughs> now I forgot what my question for Pad was. But uh, essentially, I, I just want to get your thoughts. Sea of Thieves, Pirates of the Caribbean. Was this the right mix? Uh, did, did they do right by both IPs for you? My initial response, like most people's, was, oh, yeah. <laughs> about time um after sitting back and thinking about it i did have some reservations about how the two were tied together and yeah, i still do to a certain extent i have done all five um i haven't 100 percented them um but have, have gone through the story and and yes i am impressed with what they've done um i i, I, I won't say a bad word about it because I shouldn't really be able to. Um, it's just me nitpicking um, little bits that so I've done them two or three times. I'm looking at it going, well, that really didn't need to be there. But that's me, again, nitpicking. But overall, awesome job. Um, I'm happy with it. Awesome. Is it just me or does I get a little tired with the hand wringing? It's like every time Rare does something, it's like, well, they could fail or this could be the biggest disaster ever. It's like, has Rare not done well for us with sea of thieves i mean we're talking about a track record of years now yeah i i'm with you on that one it, it's it really is kind of why whenever whenever something like we've had um this update has been probably one of the more buggy ones that we've had dropped but at the same time looking at how much they've built over the course of the last couple of years when they started working on this i can kind of understand like they've they've tried really hard to keep the secret they they won't be able to just let anyone jump in and start playing the game and i there was some some conversation that was going on at one point about how some of this could have been tested and i i 100 agree that there are aspects of the tall tales that could have been tested but i do think that there was something that was special about having all of this kind of pop up as a, a big e3 surprise i think it really did what i think a lot of us have been hoping for is is that big spark of of excitement whenever you know like uh tall tales dropped and and everyone was just like what this is this is what we're getting this is what tall tales is this is amazing false nails has has come through they've they've done themselves right and this was kind of the second coming for that and i think i think a lot of outlets for media are are sitting up and taking notice because of this and i think that it was government agency secrecy there was not a peep anywhere it was amazing yeah i would i would love to get my hands on the nda and and, and read and read it because I, I just i just feel like there was lines in there that said if if you utter a word you will be fired on the spot no questions asked not pass go do not collect 200 dollars. i just I, it's just interesting. The, the the business side of of the of, of me would love to see kind of some of the you know behind the curtains of all that, but you know, it's just I'm weird like that. It's gotta be impressive, right? Like there there's there's oh, people that built engine tools for this, there's people that built environments, there's people that had to hire other people to get voices recorded for this. Like the amount of secrecy around this it has has been absolutely insane on the level of like most most games when it comes to i mean ubisoft is they got leaks everywhere i'm trying to think like nintendo <laughs> nintendo sized uh ndas going on here like you don't know what nintendo does unless nintendo says they're doing it and this is just it's just been an absolutely insane um i wanted to toss out the uh, the idea and if you guys want to go in a different direction uh speak up but 
Um, one of my overall questions that I think is easy enough to ask without spoiling anything would be, how do you feel about the future of the game when now we have Pirates of the Caribbean IPs accessible in Sea of Thieves? Do you think, do you think that this will be a, a persistent, uh, thing? Do you think that I, that Jack Sparrow is going to, to stick around in the Sea of Thieves world with us? Do you think that IP is going to, to linger on and we'll get future content updates with a mix of Pirates of the Caribbean and Sea of Thieves? Or is it going to slowly kind of migrate back to just Sea of Thieves? Without giving away any spoilers, I think it was ended in such a way that it could go either way. Um, I think that there's a nice, neat, tidy enough bow on the end of it to where if they were to call it you know call it quits at this point for the for the the pirates then it would be okay but again they 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 left the ability for things to happen in the future if you know that was you know chosen to do so it's probably going to be from the disney side of it they're probably waiting to see kind of everything shakes out see whether or not it's you know in their best interest to continue on or not um that's Kind of, it's kind of what that's, that's kind of what, what I think about it. Mm-hmm. Let me shake the magic eight ball here. Outlook looks good. How about that? <laughs> oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think just the, the initial reaction that folks have had in this first week has been very much positive. I mean, there's been some naysayers out there, but you know, the naysayers are always going to be there. You know, you can't have life without a group of <laughs> screaming about something. Yeah, that's true. Go ahead, Mina. Um, I think. That they have left it so that they could potentially carry on a bit with the Jack Sparrow story to a certain extent, but I don't see them doing it constantly. I think they've left it open enough to where they they could still use him, but I think I think they will, for the most part, just stick with their own stuff with maybe a bit of... Pirates of the Caribbean thrown in from time to time, possibly. Do you guys think that that's uh, a positive for the game? Do you think that if they if they move back to more of a pure Sea of Thieves lore aspect, that newer players will stick with the game if there's not a continuation of Pirates of the Caribbean lore? If they like it, they will. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if mm. it, it, because face it, I mean, there's people that are just going to come back and play the Jack Sparrow stuff and then just leave because that's, that's what, you know, it's, it's on game pass. If you have game pass, you go play it. And then they're, those people are going to be done anyway. But anybody out of that group of people that's like, well, what's this adventure mode? And then they, you know, they go and they do it and they fall in love with it or whatever. Then they're going to keep playing. Yeah, I think you're right. There'll be a percentage. Uh, and, and I think this whole thing is a percentage game. You know, you drive in a, a load of new players and some of them stay and some of them leave forever ever, and some of them come back just for the events. We already see that happening now. But I don't think it's a big motivator for um, Microsoft or the relationship that Microsoft has, has with Rare. They want a solid title to add value to their their subscription and they have it and see if they it's true that the the secret that everyone's been keeping has not been pirates of the caribbean and sea of thieves but sea of thieves itself being a standout game uh in game pass that people just aren't aren't aware of um diving into this idea a little bit deeper i know one of the topics that was brought up that you guys wanted to touch on and i'm curious how everyone feels about it uh is the opportunity for other pirate ips to be brought into the game 
now that the door has been opened with Disney, they have a lot of other uh, different stories that have been told from a pirate perspective, you know, Treasure Island, uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously, but also things like uh, Peter Pan and Hook. Um, with those IPs, do you does anyone see those making their way over to Sea of Thieves now that they've seen how well Pirates of the Caribbean is? Or do you think that Pirates of the Caribbean was so perfectly situated for the style and the the quality of Sea of Thieves that those two just paired up really well and the others not so much? I think that pairing between Pirates and Sea of Thieves was almost perfect. So they, they both worlds exist in the real world with some fantastical elements, right? Um, I think that with most of the other IPs that will be out there, I think that there's it, it, the, you gotta you gotta stretch a little more to to kind of to see the relationships. Um, you know, outside of the fact that you know there's pirates. I mean, you know, there's plenty of that. But I think just think it was just it was a great pairing. Uh, I think it, just, it fit together well without having to a big reach to try and you know force something to fit that you know may not have been as easy with nothing else you know what i'm saying yeah that's actually a good point fa i like the idea that it not only lives in the sea of thieves world but it lives in the real world because that's what they've told us so i mean there are a few franchises you know the monkey island possibly um maybe treasure island (laughs) but i really hope that they they measure that out. They don't overdo it. Um, the other thing I would say is it's got to be pirate. I, I am not interested in seeing Master Chief on a boat somewhere, you know, just kind of weirding things out. Um, it would definitely I be kind of weird. a pirate to... game. I bought a pirate game. I want to play a pirate game. Well, well let's, take, um, let's take the Robin Williams hook film, for example. Could you guys see a, a Rufio type character making their way to Pirates or to Sea of Thieves? Uh, do you do you think that we could see uh, a hook costume make their way, or a, a hook coming into um, the the world and in being here in Sea of Thieves, like them finding their way back? I mean, we already have giant ship clouds. Yeah, well, and we have the dance, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. We've already got the bangering dance. Yeah. I think they would have to bring those characters to us in some way as opposed to us going to them though like you said Pirates of the Caribbean and Sea of Thieves exist in this world with a bit of magic Never Neverland is someplace someplace completely different mm. does every tie-in have to lead to a tall tale no I, mean, I, I, I don't think, think that would so. Think so. I like the I like the hints that they have with stuff um, I, I appreciate that you know they have monkey island in the game but the the monkey island itself is actually part of a tall tale but it's not the focal point of the tall tale and i and i think yeah. i appreciate that um more it's nods like, it's to a little easter egg yeah yeah and having stuff like that is is great for fans because you've probably been playing those games uh and if not then maybe it's a, a good way to kind of push people into that direction to be like what is this guy brush and why is everyone hate him and plus uh technically disney kind of owns the same rights kind of owns the monkey island rights because monkey island was made by lucas arts which was a, the gaming division of lucas film which you know star wars indiana jones and the like so if they can yeah, 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 yeah you get the point at this point i want a pirate multiverse keyword pirate multiverse not your halo not your gears of war or fable you're a pirate and i'll leave it at that yeah i think 
I think there's room for opportunities for that. But I I think that the I, I, it all kind of comes back to what I said last week. I think that Pirates of the Caribbean needed a boost in in reputation and see if these needed an IP that was going to grab attention. And I think the the melding of those two just happened to be perfect at the right time. Like we, we were coming from a place where we don't have a really solid Pirates of the Caribbean film. There's a lot of controversy going on right now. And Sea of Thieves needed something that was going to draw that attention. And if there's one character that could do that in a pirate aspect, Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow has nailed, has personified that that fun of being what a character like duke would be if duke had a goal uh and we'll get to that at some point i'm sure but um it's one of those things where i think that the way that they've done it has really just been masterfully crafted they've done a great job of taking the sea of thieves lore and blending Mm -hmm. it well enough into the pirates of the caribbean that it it does feel like pirates of the caribbean is kind of stepping through the threshold and being like the weird awkward guest that everyone at the tavern is just like, who's that guy? And everyone's like, oh, it doesn't matter. They're, they're here. They have a pur- purpose. It seems like they're going to be able to help us. So why not bring them in? And we're kind of also stepping into an, an area where we're not as familiar. I think that the the use of the, the Sea of the Damned has been a great way to be like, hey, there is an entire world that you're not familiar with. And as you traverse into this world, you're going to meet characters that you've never met before. And some of those may be familiar uh, outside of the universe of Sea of Thieves, and some of them won't be. Um, did anyone want to bring up anything about the the kind of addition to IP or the IP merging before we move into, say, like Tall Tale 1? Just the mechanic of them having the portal um, during one of the tra- early trailers, they were talking about um, one of the guys from Rare made a comment that like we can now go anywhere. Um, I really, yes. I really like that. I like the fact that we now have a way for them to expand the game and then still be able to cater to you know the bottom denominator of you know the Xbox Ones that are that are still out there that are still getting support for this game and you know the, our current our current map. And world is not going to be expanded ex- extensively because those older gaming systems can't support it. So they, ha- by having the mechanic of the server merge, um, have a way to continue to grow the game. And I really appreciate that. I'm excited about that because I was there was a period of time I was worried like, man, this is this is it. This is all we're going to get. And they may you know add a few things here and there, um, but you know big expansions are not going to happen anymore uh, but now we've got a way to where they're they're layering these these servers on top of one another to where we have the ability to do that so i really appreciate that and I'm excited to see what the future of that looks like yeah definitely the one thing i will say is i am surprised they've released all five tall tales in one go um considering it is for season three we had expected if there was going to be more than one tall tale that it would be at least one now a week or two, at least another one. So they actually spread it out. So getting them all in one go for those of us who play more or less every day for a long period of time, we've managed to get them done. Um, didn't, um, sorry to interrupt. Didn't they um, say that season four was even bigger than three at some point? That's a really good question. I'm not sure about that. I think after this update, I think it's going to be a bit hard to overcome like the big crossover that is Pirates of the Caribbean and Sea of Thieves. Because, yeah, because after this update, 
got to be kind of hard to top that unless they get like, I don't know, one piece of all things. Don't just call me on that. Just, you know, just equally crazy. I don't know about well, that. I mean, think about it in terms of, okay, kind of like going back to what we were just talking to a minute ago. Okay. So they do, they do the Johnny or the, uh, not Johnny, Jack Sparrow thing, right? Get everybody, a bunch of people interested in this game, checking this game out. Right. And that's great. I think it's cool. Where's my Athena update? Where's, <laughs> where, where's all this other stuff? So if, if, if season three is the punch in the face, wow factor to get a bunch of people interested in the game. And then season four is, Hey, look, we fixed Athena. We did this. We did this. We did this. Now you hooked everybody. Now you can keep them because, Oh, the end game's more fun. Now there's, 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 you know, and you've given something that the people that were already here wanted. That's kind of, I can see it being quote unquote bigger in that sense. Yeah. I don't, that's part of the problem that people are worried about is that, Disney would be the only big thing. But Sea of Thieves has a story now combined of its own things. And it can be a big reveal. There are plenty of storylines that are waiting their big reveal. And so I think the new seasons could be something amazing, bigger than this, for those of us who played. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. There's there's enough story left um, in the Sea of Thieves line that, I mean, there's we've got some, there's still some big things that are out there. And again, without spoiling anything yet, you know, some of those things were, were hinted at, or we, we finally got some information about this or that. And I, I am, I'm, to be honest, I am way more excited about what's coming next than even what we have right now. And what we have right now yeah. is fantastic and I love it. And it's amazing. And I can't wait for what's coming after this. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be more tall tales from the actual Sea of Thieves side of it. I mean, some more Disney-style, maybe like Treasure Island or, you know, some other sort of stuff could be coming, maybe. I don't know. But, person- <coughs> excuse me, personally, uh, I'd love to see more more stuff with Belle and, you know, some of the other s- tales that we've we've heard about and had hints about from the lore books. You know, there's some of that as tall tales would be, you know, would be fantastic. And also, like, we've now seen from this update that we can have our own, like, separate sort of areas that are away from the world that are set in, you know, they, you could put a, a story that's in a different time. So you could do stories that are set in the past of the Sea of Thieves as its own individual small story away from the world. And then mm. we could maybe go back and see some of the some of the stories that of Ramses that, you know, happened before, you know, before he uh, he turned into a into an ethereal spirit. You know, maybe even get the story of why we get he's got the daggers, you know, the full story of that in his back. I think that would be a that would be something good to look forward to. As good as the Disney stuff is, it would be, you know, great to see some of that. One thing that I thought was interesting and it's a little bit of a spoiler but not nothing that i think will ruin anything for anyone um it's an interesting bit of information about the sea of thieves or the sea of the dam that i don't think many many folks may have noticed or latched onto because it's such a quick little intro but the sea of the damned is effectively crafted based on each person's life and to find out it's kind of like um a lot of people attribute their version of heaven being built up of people and things from their lives and it's kind of their own version of heaven uh the sea of the damned seems like it's a, a very similar thing uh for pirates so to to think about with Ramses and, and going and doing tall tales that that tr- that f- kind of go back and in 
live through some of the stories that he's had, I think that using the Sea of the Damned for that kind of a tool would be perfect uh, yeah, and, and a good way to kind of explore that. Um, talking about the the thing, and I'm kind of jumping back a bit, but the idea of the portal for Sea of Thieves, it really does lend itself to the opportunity where we could be traveling to different worlds um we've now seen that there are ways to open up these portals whether they be through a sea goddess that has control over these uh and being able to venture out into different realms um giving us different biomes things like that uh there's going to be questions that come up you know being able to server merge to different servers uh on on demand uh, being able to um, or, or having this kind of split up the the community even more like what what is the Sea of Thieves going to look like if the player base is fragmented across three different server types because one one of them's in the Sea of the Damned one of them's in an ice biome one of them's in the regular Sea of Thieves uh, did it, have you guys had any kind of fears about things like that happening with the community or is, is there been anything that kind of suggests that that isn't going to be an issue the only thing i worry about is they might add more giant stone archways into the game (laughs) (laughs) the only issue i have with this update is is those big stones that just came out of nowhere i didn't actually think that they'd uh you know that they put something that big in Uh, like i I, I, I completely agree with you Uh, so i i my is it topography yeah. Cartography. My my cartography skills are completely wrecked right now. Like I could just glance at things and, and just tell you exactly where we were at, you know, what yep. was over there. Now yep. we got all these new spires that they all look the same and it's like I'm having to it, it's it's rough. My, my 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 visual ability to figure out exactly where I'm at and where I'm going is completely shot right now because of that. It's even, it's even worse when you because I, I I've started now using the pirate's life to spawn into the game because it means you don't have to wake up on the table looking at the table for five seconds each time you load in. So you load in on the pirate's life. You start on the beach next to the new hut with the castaway lady. And already you're in a new location. You've got to look around and figure out where you are. And then there's a big archway in the way as well. So that even, makes it even worse. <laughs> Logan, Hefe's tried to use the, the, the big rocks as an excuse for why he's hitting more things. <laughs> oh. There's nothing wrong with Pirate Pinball. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I played Pirate Pinball last night. I went out to the, the second tall tale. There was a really gaudy looking splash tail galleon out there. I took what I could and I, I threw the wheel to port and raised their anchor and let them go play pirate pinball. And then a, a skelly galleon spawned on them, which was even more hilarious. And I left with their loot. So, yeah, I, I definitely approve <laughs> of uh, a pirate pinball anytime you can. By the way, head out to Tall Tale 2 once in a while. You'll find a ship out there that has a whole bunch of supplies and treasure that they didn't that they they thought they'd be right back you know short short break they'd be down in and out real quick two hours later they're still working on that tall tale you can make off with all the treasure it's great yeah well you do have to kind of go and i say this and i and i do mean this pun under the sea if you get the reference because you know disney song and that kind of stuff so let's oh go ahead fa just anybody that runs out there to do tall tale too and they have loot on their ship they're they're dumb they you go out there with you you go do that with a fresh no supplies no nothing ship it's true we we have not had a shortage of people to sink 
so the fears of diluting the seas so far um, has not been a problem. Well, I'm glad yeah, to hear. We was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Um, yeah, with me and Pad and Mina and Shatter was would coming back. We had a we had a bit of fun bringing a couple of those uh, frying chests back, um, <laughs> and we had and we had to, we managed to um, <laughs> we managed to keep hold of them. Uh, but it was fun. <laughs> I will say this though: I, I've definitely become more of a pirate since I've been sailing with Pad. He's a bad influence. <laughs> awesome. Yes, he is. Why do I get the blame? Because it's you. That's why. I might have something to do with the blood on your shirt. <laughs> I don't wear a shirt. Sorry. I, I won't blame you, Pad. I was a bloodthirsty pirate before. I blame you because I sailed with you first. <laughs> So I wanted to to kind of wrap things up there um, on that. I think I think we can all agree that this has been a great a great opportunity for both IPs to come together. I think they've done a great job masterfully crafting the stories that we've seen. Uh, let's dive into the first one because I I got to be honest. This is this is probably a good point for us to talk about uh, a pirate's life, the first tall tale. There there's been a great amount of content. Um, that came with this but we don't want to we don't want to go too early in and just ruin it for everyone who hasn't had an opportunity i know dub dub goose has had to to bow out because he doesn't want to be spoiled um but that's okay because he's been supplanted by chateau Neuf and xbox mike so let's talk about tall tale one uh, a pirate's life it's our first introduction into the game with pirates of the caribbean you're effectively using the portals to head to the fairy of the damned um was that like going in there i i don't know about you and i'm very curious to hear your your thoughts on this what did you for anyone that's actually been on the ride how did how did it compare to going on the actual pirates of the caribbean ride and for those that haven't um has this been an interesting look into it like have because it feels to me very much like what the ride was uh, with a few caveats. We're done with Captain Crow on here for this one. I think he was uh, he was very impressed with it. Yeah, definitely. So it was Gringar and, and his brother. They spent three hours in the swamp area. That's <laughs> that's so crazy to me that they spent so much time. Efe <laughs> and I learned so much about the ride and uh, all the little Easter eggs. They, It's obvious somebody at Rare, not just Disney, loves the ride. They really went into the detail. And I'll say this, it made me want to go back and just spend a day riding the ride and to finally get Hefe to go to some Disneyland or Disney World for the first time in his life. Yes, I'm I'm, I'm a weird, crazy person that's never been, not that I don't want to go, I would, I would love to go, but go, go and playing through all these, it's like, okay, I've I've got to get to Disney World and, and do this stuff. I've, I've got to do it because I, it, I, I realize, like, okay, the people who, who, who knows what all these little things are, Especially sailing with uh, with, with Gringar and just just seeing just the the level of giddy that he was about things, um, I'm like man, I I have I have missed out on something in life here, and I need to rectify that at some point. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that everyone has an opportunity. There's there's something about that ride that feels still like it is very much trapped in the time where it was built, but they've done such a good job of trying to take the the creations of Pirates of the Caribbean films and weave those back into the actual ride to bring some context. So in a way, you're taking something that was built in the the oh god, when was it? The 70s, the 50s? 
I can't remember when they built it, but they they took. He said he said on um on I think it was the Xcast podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike and Mike Chapman was talking about it, and he was saying the actual original recordings were in the fifties, which I didn't realize yeah. it was that old. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was. Um, and I was trying to struggle there, but yeah, I remember. Uh, it was it was done in the fifties. The fact that they used the same microphones to record new lines for the Sea of Thieves uh, Tall Tale that they used back when they recorded the voices for the original ride is is insane i was listening to the the xbox podcast um and and uh major nelson was talking with mike and joe and they were talking about how they were able to pull that that same audio the thing that surprised me i think the most was the sound of the wind through the tunnels um walking through the tunnels you hear this this whistle of a wind and that sound i don't i don't know how they replicated it but they actually took the sound from the ride where it is just you you just happen to be in tunnels in that ride you just happen to be walking through those tunnels and that sound is the authentic sound of the pressure of the wind from the big cavity that is that ride going through those small little little alleyways out into the rest of the park and to hear that it was it was eerie because i wasn't expecting to hear something that was so tuned into what my actual experience at the ride was i was i was i was expecting the dead men tail no tales i was totally expecting that i was totally expecting the ye be warned in the in the fights and stuff but the the actual atmosphere of the ride was eerily accurate to what i have experienced going through that ride and i just that that actually made it even feel more authentic to me It, it was insane just the attention to detail that they made did anyone else have any thoughts on tall tales i mean we we've we've got some things that i i figure we can probably talk about because i'm I'm fairly certain most people have probably jumped into it uh did you guys enjoy that that kind of because it was a pretty long tale you know you go from the sea of the damned you go in through the cavern system you follow this crew throughout the tunnels and then you eventually get out to an opening uh what did you guys think of the the before section where you're just kind of going through the little puzzles yeah it's real nice it's real nice I like they've added new mechanics, like the uh, breaking of the frayed rope. Um, yeah, just, just little things like that. Like they've, you know, quality of life wise, they they've added some things in with this update that I think will lend to more possibilities in the future. So, in that aspect of it, I think it was great. I have never been on the ride before, um, having never been to any of the Disney worlds or lands. Um, I really enjoyed the meander through the scenery that they put in. Um, too much dead men tell no tales, though, because they do tell tales. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Coming across that, I, I don't think anyone's done a count, but I'd, I'd be willing to venture there's at least a, a couple or like a dozen dead men tell no too, tales. Too many. Way, way too many. <laughs> Did you guys get tripped up on any of the uh, the puzzles on how to get through things? There were so many times I was wandering around trying to figure out what to do. And, and sure enough, it was because I ran by something too fast and didn't think anything of it. Oh, remember, Hefe and I were guided by Gringar, who had spent three hours. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nostalgia of it was good. I, I'm not going to spend three hours in each of those pieces like... Uh, like some, and if I'm brutal about it, um, I started to fall asleep. It, it was late, but um, I, I wanted some action. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm curious then, how did you all feel about the cursed captain? 
Lovely. Happy, yeah, I was happy to see him at first, but when you when you're running around trying to solve the puzzles, <laughs> there was a point where I was like, "Will you just shut up now? <laughs> <laughs> Please, just be quiet. Just 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 give me ten minutes to think." Uh, Secretly, I kind of hope that it's Flameheart Junior. Yes, I I, I I don't know that that'll happen. Um, secretly, that's who I want that curse captain to be. I think it would I'm be not fun. Convinced he is. I'm not convinced that he is either because of a later tall tale. Um, uh, I've only but, done I've only done the first three, so gotcha. yeah, yeah, he 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 reappears somewhere else, but um. I, I don't. I don't know that that that'll come to fruition. But I would. I would really like. I would really like that to be Flameheart Junior. Because it would. It's. It's a fun character. The impression that I get from the books about Flameheart Junior is that he's quite well educated and stuff. And he. I know he's a part. I know he's a skeleton, but he doesn't seem. He seems like your average pirate. Not you know. I imagine Flameheart Junior being a bit more like um, Pendragon. It's a bit more sort of upper class. Yeah, you're off yeah, a class yeah. pirate. Sure. For the, sure. The one thing I will say about the Curse Captain was that he has definitely got the parts of the Caribbean comedy correct. Oh yeah. It just it just oozes out of him. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely will attest to that. It's been it's been hilarious to see going around through the the puzzles that they the escape room style of that tall tale towards the end there as you're kind of working things out that it is very easy to miss sections of it and be able to proceed they it's it's ironic that they've they've put in so much work to add all of these different uh aspects of you trying to work out the 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 linear path that is these puzzles to the point where they also said hey you know what if you just want to if you just want to end it you can just end it just go walk over there and, and you can finish up the tall tale uh but it really does kind of reward the players who want to spend the time in that area and really kind of dig through the minutiae of what sections are dedicated to what. Like each section that they've created has a purpose, even if you don't know what the purpose is right away. But it's still beautifully crafted that you can appreciate the piece on its own. And I think that was the thing that really amazed me was there's certain rooms in that first tall tale that I walked in there and had no clue what the point of them is, but was just absolutely astonished by the the, the details that they did with the books on the shelves or the the way that the bed is laid out or the way that an arm moves with a magnifying glass to 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 look closer at a map that's being held in the other hand things like that or the the general camaraderie of the the, the music of the shanty of the yoho yoho song from pirates of the caribbean sung by ghosts in a in a tavern that is built out of a, a shipwreck it's it's really really beautiful to see just how much attention to detail went into there and then to find out afterwards that all of that is a set piece designed to give atmosphere for this escape room that you're trying to get through that may or may not have the big payoff that people might expect but i think that the easter egg that they put in there was amazing and i think it was chenzo in chat that was talking about how they think that the cursed captain is Murray from Monkey Island, and, and that, I, I think that tracks really well given the uh, the Easter egg in there. 
Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer or you'd like to save money on games, it's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that pirates, let's get back to the show. Did anyone get through that first tall tale and have trouble with it? Were there things that uh that you that you want to give hints to if you don't absolutely outright uh spoil things for them uh that 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 section that easter egg without you know i and I, I wouldn't try not to ruin it for anybody who hasn't done it who's listening um but i think i think you've already mentioned like you say there's monkey islands reference in there and i i was like those reaction videos when they announced the pirates of the caribbean coming that was me just finding that bit of the game <laughs> i was i was so excited um they just some of the some of the actual uh the books and everything were just um were really good to read and um i uh yeah i just i i, I don't want to ruin it for people but you know it, it it really was it made my my day professor you talk about having the uh the cursed captain be a helpful helpful thing for new players i i'm i'm with you on that i think that the uh the the type of humor that's conveyed really kind of sets the stage for players who are going to be jumping into sea of thieves post maiden's voyage um oh man go ahead <laughs> well heffin <laughs> we watched i don't know if he was a new player he acted like a new player he ended up on one of the tall tales with us and you could just tell as, as we were running around you know moving statues and doing things he just kind of stood there and just watched us because he was lost, completely lost with everything around. <laughs> so lost. My favorite thing, he was like, are, are you all real people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. I, I It is interesting to think about how people are going to be jumping into Pirates of the Caribbean and or jumping in for Pirates of the Caribbean, but they're going to be jumping into these tall tales. And a lot of these tall tales <laughs> have mechanics that to veteran pirates will make sense uh and i'm I'm talking about simple things like knowing how to light a lantern with your Mm -hmm. lantern that i don't think people coming into pirate or coming into sea of thieves for the first time will have a solid grasp on because there's not really like unless you've learned about beacons and lanterns and flames and fort of the dams and stuff like that that mechanic does not seem to make sense like, how are you landing a lighting a lantern with a lantern when you're not actually putting a flame to it? Uh, and and I'm I'm very curious to see how new players are taking on to that um, in in the future Tall Tales, where they're going to have to like work out how do mermaid statues work? 
how do you work out those kind of things? Very interesting to think about how that's going to get approached and if there's going to be ways for the game. Because I don't know about you, but using the cursed captain's head, there were definitely points where I was I was very stuck and him just hanging around yelling all the time. There was actually a point where he actually respawned back at the cage because I had left him for so long <laughs> that it, they're like the cap, the cursed captain has been returned to the cage. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I guess if there was any other way to point out like, hey, you might want to you might want to use this guy as you walk around. This is a good indicator. Uh, but I didn't see that with any of the other tall tales. As long as he doesn't become Sea of Thieves Clippy. I, that's kind of what he is, isn't he? Now that, now that you think about it. Did you want to open a word processor? I can help you out with that. It's like, no, I get it. I know what to do. I cut the thing. Get it? He's like, all right. But I've seen other people clip, cut things and it wasn't quite that bad. I was genuinely, I absolutely love that. There's And Dougie, poor Dougie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dougie was great. <laughs> so, same guy that voiced Suds. Is it the same guy that voiced voice Dougie? It just, I don't know. Some, I, of, some, of the, some of the intonation sounded the same to me, but I love Dougie and it was hilarious. And I, I, I laughed out loud multiple times on that first tall tale. It was great. Yeah, Dougie was amazing. And and I, I, I never put the two together, but I would not be surprised if Suds uh, is also the same one that voiced Dougie. Um, just as general, he was, he felt like Sea of Thieves is Eeyore and I hope he comes back. Absolutely. As he's counting all of his failures in alphabetical order. <laughs> there was a, a small Easter egg in the game that was, uh, related to Captain Bones, which was the, the skeleton that they bought for Sea of Thieves and then used as a, a community prop for when they wanted to give out teases about the game back when the game was still being cr crafted. Uh, did anyone else catch the the Captain Bones reference and, and have any have any excitement to realize that Captain Bones was now canonically in Sea of Thieves as opposed to just having a sword or being related through a, a, a Battletoads game? Is that the uh, is that the bit where he is uh, drinking and he can't handle his drink? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't I don't know if anyone knows, but if you go to the tall tale or if you go to the Twitter handle for Captain Bones and you and you dig through the tweets, you'll see one of the big uh, things that was tweeted about with Captain Bones was actually uh, him at a club or bar having drinks and getting photos with Phil Spencer, with Major Nelson, with part of the crew uh, from from the actual rare team. And him just like getting completely wasted and throwing up in the toilet and then they and then getting back to the hotel room and they just it, they're dragging around this this uh, skeleton prop around an E3 event <laughs> pretending to get him drunk. So the, t for me, the reference was amazing. Mike, when you talk about how you were excited about uh, about the, the Easter egg for for Monkey's Island, that's how I felt about uh. Captain Bones and how they were talking about how he can't hold his liquor because I'm like, I remember going back and digging through those tweets and seeing that and being like oh my god this is he really can't hold his own liquor i, I do remember those yeah with the like with his head in the toilet and stuff mm -hmm. yeah that was funny yeah it's like it's almost like a stag day with all of the executives from xbox <laughs> <laughs> it really is it's great i i had a really good time with that um it, we, we got a new mechanic too with that tall tale and i'm curious what you all thought of it uh the lighthouse and the beacon and having the two wheels to turn it and actually light the brazier and to light the other beacons. What did you guys think of that? How about you, Mina? 
Um, I thought it was really cool. Um, we had two of us, one doing the side to side and one doing the up and down to try and find them. And then somebody else looking to try and find them and telling us which way to go. <laughs> I thought it was really awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. a nice touch. It didn't quite give you a really good heads up on where you were supposed to, to shine it. And the controls felt backwards to me. They were. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was very interesting. Pad, you, you had something that you wanted to talk about with, with regards to the tall tale in general? It's not just this tall tale, but it's it, it, it goes for all of them, especially two and four. Um, it's the fact that if you're doing it with a crew, stay together um, as much as possible. Don't let anybody get too far ahead. Um, we had one of our members get a little bit too far ahead. <laughs> so we missed that bit that you, that you are vindicated on. We missed that because it had already done it. Oh man, yeah, I've I've seen a couple streams where folks are are playing and someone gets it's a little too far ahead and they the rest are trapped outside the actual room that they're supposed to be in and they're like yelling at him. And it felt like, I'll be honest, you know what it feels like? It feels like a Goonies moment where Chunk is like doing something wrong or Mouth is like hitting something and they're like, how could you do that? And it's like, I didn't mean to do that. They're like, yeah, but you did it. And it's like, oh, yeah, that moments like that. I was just like, yep, that is a Goonies, a Goonies moment for sure. Um, getting into the last bit of the tall tale one, uh, I'm very curious. We finally meet Jack Sparrow. Uh, we finally go down into the Fairy of the Damned. How long did it take for everyone to either a realize that you could just run around on the top of the the Sea of the Damned or the the Fairy of the Damned, or how long did it take you to work out like I need to light these things to get down in there to to open up the doorways and stuff because. I, I'll be honest, I hung out for a good long while on the back of that boat waiting for the next thing to happen, only to realize that I just need to go down and actually like open up the bottom. Again, we had one person go ahead and do it. <laughs> it's like, what did you do? Oh, I just held up a lantern. Uh, okay. Did I miss anything? No, it just exploded. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, in in the trailer, it, it showed that you know the grate over the well of fates exploding. So you know, I, I knew that 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 had to happen. So, did I mention any names? Sorry, <laughs> it was me. I did it. It was Hefe. <laughs> wow! Wow, Hefe. Hefe, you didn't tell me that. Diplomatic. He got on to me for for interrupting the other thing. Um, you didn't tell me you had done it. It, it, it was it was okay. Like it, the ferryman was, was finished talking for the most part. <laughs> Too funny. So, what did you guys think Confession of the first fight? Confession is good for the soul. Confession is good for the soul. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, so the the fight between you and Davy Jones. Uh, a lot of us were wondering how we were going to be fighting Davy Jones. It felt like it was it was definitely going to be a, a scripted fight. Um, was that a, a pretty good introduction to the Dutchman? Uh, yeah, it was. It really was. Being it, it come out of the water was was uh, was pretty impressive. I know we've seen other ships come out of the water like that, but just those teeth on the front, you know, just emerging out of the water. It's just like, oh, here, here he comes. Yeah, it was, the Dutchman it was kind of really well done. Yeah, the Dutchman kind of really inspired the whole, like, the skeleton ships coming out of the water kind of deal so nice to know and people will be like wait a minute doesn't the skeleton ships do that kind of thing for those who haven't seen the movies kind of thing but you know 
who hasn't at this point. It's true. Uh, again, I, it, it it was another tie-in to what Sea of Thieves already was. Um, that first time, I remember us as a crew experiencing the, the skelly ships popping up out of the water like that. It was just, it was one of those events where everybody on the boat was like, oh, look at that. And, you know, everybody rushes to the side to watch. And in our minds, I know that scene from the, the Pirates of the Caribbean is what was playing in all of our heads. And so it felt like, in some ways, the Pirates of the Caribbean tie-in it had already happened. And, and it was just gratifying to see. Yeah, definitely. I, I absolutely loved it. I was okay with it being a scripted event. I thought they did a really good job of giving you some action at the end there after a, a very long tall tale I, I i will say that tall tale very large environment a lot going on in that and it's hard to really gauge how far you're traveling because it feels like you're sailing forever especially if you don't do anything and so to think about the fact that it's like that is an entire scripted event from beginning to end you go into the portal you pop out and you are now into this huge environment all on its own that is its own tall tale and this you see this in later tall tales too where it just feels like you're you're really traversing a huge amount of area and you don't have to worry about you know where when am i going to run into adventure mode because it is a completely sealed off experience uh so i'm really really happy to see that but i was really happy to see just in general the new creatures uh, having them pop up on the ship, having the dialogue between the ferryman and Jack and having Jack get the sword uh, by way of the ferryman throwing it down into the deck and then having Jack run over and and pick it up. It was it was nice to see the ferryman so animated and yet still so shackled to to his role. You know, it's like um, I can't think of the character's name, but in God of War, there's uh, uh, the one character who's the all-knowing character and you, you basically he's like trapped in a tree and you have to get him to join you in a way that is, is really Mimir. gruesome. Mimir. Mimir. Mimir from that's uh, it. Yeah. Um, that's how I felt with the ferryman. It's like you can tell he knows exactly what he wants to happen, happen, but he can't do anything about it. So he's stuck at the helm the whole time. He has to helm the ferryman. And, uh, and, and it's up to Jack to really help out in that instance. So it's, it's really, really cool moment to have that whole thing kind of work through its paces as you're kind of going along that, that step. Um, was there anything else that you guys were impressed by with the first hotel that you wanted to bring up? There's, it's not so much, I, no, it's not impressed. It's, I was a bit uh, frustrated with, was at the end of that, what's going on at the front of the ship went on for far too long. <laughs> why is it taking you so long yeah it would have gone it would have been better if it went by a little faster mm, so trim it up a little bit although i will say it, it's just, that's just me nitpicking again yeah well no i i mean I, honestly i i'm with you in that instance it was nice to get a chance to attack like the dutchman and you know go down but at some point it didn't feel like I anything that I did was actually impacting what was happening. It felt like everything was going along its paces. There was a timer. As soon as the timer ticked down, it would swap sides, and there wasn't really any any major agency with the with it. It was more me participating in the fun that is this ride, and you know, eventually the ride will end, and we're just waiting to get to that point. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, sorry, I haven't been on the ride, but it does feel that you are you're on you're on you're on for the ride, not actually there to participate. Whilst you have the opportunity to participate, you don't have to. Um, and you did actually try not participating, and it just went on for so long. 
just fired a few shots and <laughs> sped it along a bit. I have to say, there's, I think there's now a lot of people over here, oh, well, a lot of people outside of America now that are looking looking at your Disneyland as a, you know, a possible holiday, future holiday resort, you know, to go to because you know, I've always wanted to go, but, you know, the cost is, you know, the flights alone are expensive, let alone the hotel and everything else. But I now would really like to go there and go on that ride. Yeah, and I think that kind of ties back to the idea of why this partnership works so well. Uh, there is a there is an actionable thing that happens at the end of these tall tales, and that is, you, you know, if you want, to, if you've never been to Disneyland, if you've never been to Disney World, and you wanted to go play through these rides, this this was a, a fun incentive for you to be like, hmm, I wonder if that's even possible now. And now with things kind of lightening up restrictions kind of lifting in the united states it's a lot easier for folks to come visit uh or even like mina mentions in in chat that there's uh disney paris which i think they also have that ride uh so there's there's definitely a possibility for people to make these trips um it would be amazing if if there was a, a way to set up a sea of thieves event for pirates of the caribbean at like disney world I think it would be it would it would be absolutely insane if Rare could work out a special week where they said like, hey, you know, this week in 2022, uh, there's going to be a, a Sea of Thieves Fest oh. at Disney World. Oh yes. Oh, and don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't don't give them ideas seriously because there's going to be a whole lot of us sitting there going, well, that's me screwed. I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> Just I think gonna, I prefer like a CFE show made by uh, the people <clears throat> at Disney, you know, just putting it out there. Like, like help us, help we give them that idea. And I see that thing you put on Big Pad Pad about the CFE series on Disney Plus. Good idea. Yeah. I'm, and and see, actually, I'm going to blame all you guys for if this comes true. <laughs> it'd be a lot of money, but it would be so worth it. Oh, yeah. Well, I did want to ask one quick question before I dive into spoilers, because it would be I, it would be remiss if I didn't mention some of the spoilers that I was happy about. But the last question that I wanted to ask you guys to, to get your feeling feelings on is, um, do you think that Sea of Thieves will cross over to the Pirates of the Caribbean lore? Like, say, say they make a, a Pirates of the Caribbean movie uh, and we we know that it takes place post Sea of Thieves integration. Do you guys think that we'll start seeing uh, characters from Sea of Thieves introduced into Pirates of the Caribbean lore? There is an opening at the final scene of The Last Tall Tale that could possibly lend in that direction. The opportunity is there. Yeah, it's there for sure. Without giving away spoilers. Yeah, I I, I think that just in general, um, like we we don't know what what the next Pirates of the Caribbean film is. But I mean, effectively, if Disney wanted to, they could really tie it in and say, you know, Jack has has been through everything. You know, he's gotten the pearl. He's dealt with Davy Jones. He's dealt with mermaids and the Fountain of Youth. He's dealt with poseidon's trident you know there's so many places for jack to go sea of thieves could be the next place that the pirates of the caribbean films go to 
It's in the same area. It's in the same world. I would I would be very interested to see what could happen if Pirates of the Caribbean took themselves or took the Black Pearl to the Sea of the uh, the Sea of Thieves and pass through this route. I know most of the heavy hitter movie stars have a contractual arrangement where they can only do so many so many things in a in a franchise. And so if they if they wanted to really open things up an animated series um a la bad batch might be the way around that would you rather really. see uh an animated or a live action i'm just not sure how much more uh johnny depp contractually can act in a series you know like um the iron man series can't have robert downey jr anymore contractually he's not allowed to to do anymore my understanding interesting yeah plus i think it would be also be a bit truthful to the cfe's art style as well if it was animated so you know something else, a little bit more to tie into the to the game as well i i much prefer the the sort of real life uh sort of filming than, than the animated stuff but even i think that an animated one would fit quite well very cool thing is that they're not going to bring back johnny depp though are they with all his legal problems and allegations, etc., so like that in terms of film being made, it's not going to happen. Really, it would have to be animated. Yeah, I mean, they could do they could do the the more the live stuff now and just and not they could make reference to Jack Sparrow, but they don't have to bring him in. You know what I mean? Or he could just maybe they could just do a cameo where he's just in you know maybe one or two episodes and then he's gone again. But give a whole. It's Jack Sparrow, though, wasn't it? It is, but then Star Wars was always about Luke Skywalker. But, but one of the, you know, they did a series in the, the Pirates of the Caribbean without, and it, it really wasn't that good. Yeah. I think you it comes down... to find that next big person, haven't you? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it comes down to story. And I think that's one thing that Sea of Thieves has going for it more than Pirates of the Caribbean does. I think Pirates of the Caribbean has gotten to that escalation point where it like, how do you how do you top a trident that breaks all curses on the seas? And I think the way you do it is you travel to a different land. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to have someone who looks and sounds like Jack Sparrow talking in a tavern in a corner drunkenly about someplace that he had been and having that inspire a, a ragtag crew of pirates saying like, you know, that old guy over there can't do it. I bet we could probably find our way through this shroud and have that take the Pirates of the Caribbean story to Sea of Thieves and, and give you a new crew that allows you to, to really kind of like you still kind of do the thing that they should have done with episode seven, where they are taking the old Star Wars people and they hand the torch to the new Star Wars people, but then actually let them take the torch and not just carry them throughout the rest of the films. Um, yeah. I think it was, I think it was actually in, in the discord chat that we were talking about whether or not you do it with Athena's fortune actually tell the story of Ramsey and Lorena. That would be amazing. Their crews. I'd love to see that. I would love to see their crew and, and have it have it be tied in that way. Well, shall we take the next 15 minutes to dive into spoilers? Yeah, let's go. We we waited long enough for you to brag about it. All right. <laughs> well, I I guess this is a good kind of warning, Claxon. If you've been listening this long, or if you're in the uh, in the actual call here, um, we're going to be talking spoilers for the next fifteen minutes. It'll probably be the thing that rounds out the episode. Uh, 
I want to make sure that if anyone hasn't played through all of the tall tales that you that you exit now, this should be the end of the episode. Don't worry about the outro and stuff. It's going to be pretty on par for what usually happens with the podcast. But probably from now to the end of the episode for the next 15 minutes, we're going to dive into spoilers for the uh, the 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 last four tall tales and some theories around that. But realistically, we're going to be talking about or I'm going to be talking about the fourth one. I'm, I'm curious to hear some of your thoughts on some of the other ones. So if anyone wants to leave the call because they don't want to be spoiled, I don't hold it against you. I respect it 100%. And if you've been listening this long and you don't want to get spoiled, now's a good jumping off point until you are finished up with the tall tales and want to understand why I'm excited to jump into this. All yeah, right. I think um, uh, before you do, no, I think I think I will say I will say goodbye because um, I'm only up to the third one and I'm trying to go through it with my best mate and we're doing it at his pace as and when he can get on. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna I'll I'm gonna cut out here and say thank you very much for having me, Mike. It's been a pleasure as always. I I appreciate you dropping in and coming in and and dropping some some awesome love for Monkey Island. I'm glad someone was uh-huh. here to do it. There's always love for Monkey Island with me. That actually made me go off and play Curse of the Monkey Islands. <laughs> After I'd done that, I went through Curse of the Monkey Islands again. So Murray. Oh, all that's of it. great. It was, it was, it's so good. It's still great. So I, I would yeah. love them to remaster that game and bring it bring it to consoles and, and uh, you know, PC as a remaster as well. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, no, but thank you anyway. And I'll uh, I'll speak to you all soon. Excellent. Yeah. If anyone else wants to, to bow out, feel free as well, too. Uh, no, no hard feelings at all. I totally understand. Um, I think with that, let's go ahead and jump into the next 15 minutes and we'll see. Um, I personally just I figure I'll, I'll, I'll start it off going into this series um, of Tall Tales. I didn't really know what to expect. I've been very surprised by what I found and I've been very happy with what I found. But some of the people that got ahead of me uh told me that i was going to be very happy with some of the tall tales later on and getting into four with the brethren court i was anticipating seeing some characters from sea of thieves that we hadn't seen in a while i i totally expected to, to have that i was genuinely enthralled by that end brethren court scene with the the gold hoarder wanda the warsmith davy jones and duke the dark lord and i just i i have to say i can't i cannot believe that rare actually managed to bring in duke and do the thing that i've been saying for years for literally years ever since the mermaid statue event came out in july of 2018 (laughs) i have been saying that this is weird that we're destroying mermaid statues, that it doesn't make sense and that it really should be something we're questioning. Why are we destroying these statues? What's the purpose? And given some of the things in Tall Tale 2, I now I full heart, full heartly, heartedly, heartedly, I full heartedly believe that we were doing the wrong thing and didn't know it. And that I am <laughs> I am very much happy to see that Duke is being brought out and shown that he is actually the Dark Lord that I've been saying he is. And I'm curious for those of you that have played through it, if you believe the journal, there's a little journal and I've and I've talked to a couple devs. Uh, there's a little journal there that says that he was uh, ousted by his kin and heard the siren song and brought into this world. I don't believe that for a second. That that book was written by Wanda the Warsmith. I don't believe that for a second. I think that Duke has been plotting this stuff for a while. He's been stirring the pot. He's been he's been kicking the hornet's nest. Whatever you want to say, he's been doing all these things for so long and 
no one has really like everyone seems very content with what Duke gives us. He gives us cosmetics. He gives us doubloons. He he gives us titles and everyone's happy with it. But every time he's disappeared, he's come back worse for wear. And I think that's because he's been going to his master. And every time he goes to his master, his master is disappointed with where he is in his progress. We've seen him hiding behind pillar posts. We've seen him uh, uh, come back beaten and all under the guise of Stitcher Jim. And I don't think Stitcher Jim is necessarily the biggest bad that we need to be worried about. And it was very curious to me that he wasn't present at that uh, court because there were five chairs and he was not at any of those five chairs. Now, I don't know if the Siren Queen was intended to be there as well, but was defeated early on or if Stitcher Jim is the captain. But I'm just I'm I'll, I'll let you guys jump in here. I'm very excited to see that Duke the Dark Lord is finally ousted for the evil Lord that he is. I've been saying it for years. I'm so excited. Thank you, Rare, for doing this, for for making this one podcaster's dream come true. And that the craziness that I've been spouting on Twitter and on the podcast, <laughs> I went back and I tried to listen. I tried to find out what, what the earliest episode was that I that I wanted to uh, that I mentioned Duke the Dark Lord. I got to episode 29 and I found out that that was about the earliest that I had started calling Duke the Dark Lord. So 29 episodes into the podcast within the first year, almost the first half of the year when when Mermaid Curses came out, I had been saying that Duke is a Dark Lord. And it's just it's so gratifying for everyone. I heard that Jeff from Golden Sands blog post cried when he saw that Duke was on the table because he loves Duke so much. No, that's Stockholm do you syndrome. Feel, do you feel better now? I finally better <laughs> out loud for the world to hear. It feels so and nice to be right. It feels so nice to be right about something that you've been harping on for so long. <laughs> yeah, for years. The, 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 the funny thing is that El Jefe, when we'd finished the tall tale, we, were, we came back up and he said, so what's everybody's feelings now that we know what we're doing with these uh, with these mermaid statues, what are we going to do with them? I said, we're still going to kill them because I want my thousand for a blue gem. <laughs> <laughs> I want my two thousand for a red. Oh, we be pirates. We have no remorse. It's about yeah, the gold, pirates. not the glory. Oh right. my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you guys think? I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I had a little info about some of this. I'd known about the mermaid statues for a while because I'd been bugging. I mean, you know, three years of bugging devs about this. <laughs> some of them let slip <laughs> some of the information about what these statues were. Uh, but finding out that they're pirates, finding out that they are souls trapped in these statues, <laughs> and we have been murdering these statues for years. They're not trapped no, no. anymore, are they? No, they're <laughs> not trapped anymore, and they've got me through Hunter's Call. They have served a good purpose. One hundred percent. Thank you for your sacrifice, no, pirates. These statues are freeing their souls, and uh -huh. it's giving us gold, as Venus says. Uh huh. <laughs> it's weird because I don't see any soul come out of that statue. It's I mean, a glowy it bit when it explodes. You're still looking too. You're too busy looking at the blue gem that you've just got. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Logan, Logan, it's it it. There is that little joy I feel for getting Hunter's call rep. Is is the spirit? It, it's giving me joy. <laughs> <laughs> is that your guardian angel this little gemstone helping you get through hunter's call yeah. bill from you, beyond you can hear it every time every time you turn one in yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man so i i, I mean it, 
does it seem strange to me that um that we're like the sirens okay so i don't i don't know if you guys were paying as close attention to the tall tale too as i was but the siren queen is literally saying that they lost their song they were betrayed by their kin and their songs stopped singing and we know that the souls in these uh mermaid statues um i well actually i won't say that we know i am guessing that the souls that are in these statues are the souls of the merfolk that were put in there and that the song that they sing that sound that we hear when we're sailing over them and we're like oh check and see if it's a red one and then we hit the anchor and come down <laughs> that that song is being stopped and that they can't get life from the from mm. from the song being stopped we have been preventing the merfolk this whole time by destroying these statues and the merfolk that betray or the the kin that betrayed them is in fact the ones that are helping us well okay not in fact i uh, stipulation there's there's <laughs> caveats to this what i've worked out is, is that the merfolk that are helping us get, the the derpy merfolk that are helping us get back to our our ships from time to time that never seem to be appearing they're the ones that were um that were actually like ousting their kin and preventing them and us destroying the mermaid statues are stopping the song that gives the merfolk their power to be able to do that that they've lost their memory as a result it's insane to me that that all the things that we've been doing are all things that are countering like aren't are what, what reasons why we haven't had merfolk is because of all the stuff that we've been doing in the game and it's our fault that we haven't had merfolk in the game up until this point. Mm -hmm. I thought that she had said it. some. <laughs> I thought that uh, they, she had said somewhere that uh, that we would. She was going to turn us into statues, and and we would sing for her forever. Yes, yeah, she had full intentions of trapping our souls into mm -hmm. the statues to help continue powering the rest of these merfolk. Well, I do like a fish sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Were you guys happy with the Kraken? What do you guys think of the Kraken fight? Again, I think it was partly scripted. Yeah. I, I don't know how much foot you actually have to put in actually shooting it to get it to move away. Visually, it was good to see, you know, finally see a face. Mm -hmm. um, the, the mechanic in the fight, the, those first couple tails really do feel like you're kind of on rails and, and more in a ride than you are necessarily interacting in, in a game as much. But it was worth it was worth going on the ride. Um, that was one of the things I wanted to see. I think that's a I, I think that sentiment there at the end kind of embodies everything that I've wanted from Sea of Thieves. I, I was talking to one of the devs and I and I told them that the feelings that I get from these tall tales finally fill in the missing pieces of that original E3 trailer that we finally got to see the Kraken. We finally got to see the Kraken body. It was swimming around. It was a really nice experience. It felt scary at times the first time through when you would see like a giant tentacle like slamming against one of the uh, one of the, the doorways that was closed off. It felt cool seeing it swim by from time to time or it starts shaking things. It felt amazing to see the face and just how big it is um, compared to the actual ship. And and makes me feel like that fight would be exceptionally different in adventure if you had these slap mechanics or, or these um, these kind of inky blood effects uh, out in the real world. And how much how much more threatening the Kraken would be is if you actually had the body and the, the head kind of out in the water 
uh, as you were actually dealing with it. And one thing that we didn't really get a chance to um, talk about was the fact that the rest of the world has actually been expanded. The shroud is receded and all yeah. of the areas are kind of opened up, which is, is crazy to me because I, I look at like the, the, the crystal fortress and the, the undersea area. All of that was added to adventure and all of that is still is in the game at all times. And it's crazy to me that, you know, you, you think about like, well, if, if they could do that, how come they can't do a Kraken head in adventure, especially now that they have it all modeled out? I did feel worse shooting a Kraken in the face than I did breaking statues. So it might make it harder for me to shoot the Kraken. Well, it's got those big, big, silly eyes. It's got the big, big, <laughs> lovable doe eyes. It looks much cuter than a mermaid statue, that's for sure. <laughs> Were you originally attracted to the mermaid statues, but now you've seen, is it that meme of the guy looking at the girl next to his girlfriend and the mermaid statue is the, the, the one sitting next to you? Is that what, that what you're getting at? Not at all. I have, I have, I have no problems killing mermaid statues still because I like my gold. <laughs> oh yeah the pirates you guys take what you can and give nothing back right that's right i i I don't want to go too far past it logan you know while you did call it the dark lord you also said i believe i i I should have gotten the the exact quote that something along the lines that duke was a a a waste and a useless character uh still hanging on to that that's Now that they've, I mean, it's, it's bittersweet, isn't it? I mean, they gave me the thing that I wanted, but as a result, they had to make him into something worthwhile. So, <laughs> while I got, while I got vindication for Duke being a dark Lord, they kind of had to make him into a dark Lord for, for me, <laughs> for him to be worth keeping around. Um, I, I know that we'd been talking, you guys aren't too happy with the voices. Um, oh. Give, give me some feelings about that you know like duke duke doesn't have a voice that you're you're happy with and you miss the old duke voice i do miss it and and i've come up with a theory i'm not sure that that's that's duke's been possessed by this this wimpy voiced new character uh maybe that's that's how we get it by duke isn't really the dark lord he's been possessed mm, it's an interesting <laughs> prospect i mean so, but duke, dukes isn't the only voice that just doesn't sit right have, it doesn't match. Oh, you have this, but the thing is, you have this part of the Caribbean, Davy Jones. He, ninety-nine percent of the time, he doesn't sound like Davy Jones. <laughs> There's only one Bill Nye. They can't. It's not exactly like you know, passing around or something like that. Being passed around How like a patty cake or something like that. How hard is to somebody who sounds like him though? They did do a good job with Jack. With, they managed to do it with Jack Sparrow. See, it was Jeffrey Rush, right? That's the actor that that played. Uh, no, no, Bill. No, Bill no, Nye no, was Davy Jones. Bill Nye was Davy Jones. That's right. So, what did you guys think of Barbosa then? It felt the curse captain sounded more like Barbosa. <laughs> yeah, I was oh. going to say like the curse captain sounded more like Barbosa. To be honest, I think when we first saw the trail, I was like many people were making the assumption that oh, is that is that Barbosa? He looks a little different than his movie counterpart, but you know, see if he's a fight. But yeah, it's really fooled us all if you get your your uh, spyglass out and watch him on the boat as he's attacking the town they've got the movements down from the ride yeah they really do animatronic can do yeah they they the the parody between what it looks like in the ride and what it looks like in the tall tale is exceptional (laughs) very very impressed with it yeah all right well we're kind of creeping out 
on that 15 minutes. Uh, I don't want to keep you all too much longer. We've been going for about uh, a little over an hour and a half. Was there anything else you guys wanted to jump onto while we're in the spoiler section? Or are you guys pretty satisfied with uh, with where we're at? I am excited that they finally talked about the captain. And I think he's kind of the big bad that's kind of been lurking behind everything all this time that we haven't really met yet. And I'm really excited to see that come to fruition. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Having the gold yeah. order back was an exceptional moment for me. I was very excited to see him come back and in see like him kind of molted i think is what the word was yeah and i believe one of ramsey's quotes like at the end of at the end of the uh the the knife original tall tales was uh it's never that easy to scrub away the stain that greed leaves behind which i guess you can now say was a hint that the gold holder wasn't gonna be forever dead because as proven by the cfes nothing stays dead for long True. And we also continue to give gold to the gold hoarders. And I imagine much like us destroying mermaid statues because we want the gold. Chances are we probably won't be rid of the Siren Queen forever as well, too. Although I am curious who the Siren King is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a new one for me. What is dead never dies, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Game of Thrones. All right. Anything I'd add for (laughs) Tortale 5 is that before you go and do it... The merchant emissary. <laughs> Sit down. Ah, oh, yeah, true. Because you get like uh, you oh get cranes from to see the skull, the ghost ships. I think we ended up with about twenty-five of them after <laughs> Prof had gone round in his rowboat. Oh God! <laughs> and I missed—I probably missed ten to fifteen because they sank before I could get to them. The irony of that of that tall tale being that Jack sits on the thing is like. You might want to stock up a bit before we head out. And it's like, no, I'm pretty sure we <laughs> no, didn't we have to. No, we don't. We need 10, ten cannonballs to start. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely Although, need to play through that. Sorry, Professor. That is a that is a live event, right? Yes. I, um, I don't I don't think that that's instanced in any way. I think you so can head out. We need it's, to look for that thing anytime we need supplies. <laughs> it's in the world, I, but does it show up for everybody else with the cloud when somebody starts it or is it just the people that started it that can see it so with tall tale 2 the beacon shown whether you're running the tall tale or not because once we were done with that tall tale we went off to go do something else and then we noticed a little bit later that that beacon was lit again so mm. my guess is that we'll see it just like you would if it okay. was the fairy of the damned or not for the name before the damned Okay. I don't. I don't know for sure because I haven't seen it. You know, I haven't. We hadn't tested that, but I would think that if it's in the real world, you're going to see it. I'm going to look for it because I'm not going to go ruin someone's day, but I will steal a bunch of those supplies. Well, that's yeah. that's the interesting thing is is I I I mean people had been running the tall tales all week. I've never seen the Davy Jones cloud outside of when I did it. No, see, I don't think I have either. I think it's a player activated kind of word event because you know. You're you're going to you you see it you do it <clears throat> excuse me uh you, yeah you get the you get the idea how many people have gotten to that tale yet though I mean we're a bunch of sweaty tryhards I think less than a hundred thousand I assume oh more people have completed it than they have the other tool, one of the original tall tales yeah true it has been interesting to see the completion rate for this set of tall tales compared to the original ones it's definitely apparent to me that there's a lot of people coming in to see a thieves for the first time and jumping into these to come check out jack sparrow mm-hmm. so that last scene on the boat where rose and her lover are made flesh again um 
was kind of cool. And that they choose to go with Jack tells me um, there could be more tie-ins moving forward. Um, I did find it interesting that that two of those chose to stay ephemeral um, and mentioned they had work to do as well, but in their in their form. You're right. Very telling that Pendragon and uh, Slate, Eli Slate from the, um, oh God, Morningstar crew. Uh, yes. Both decided to stick around in the Sea of Thieves. And that the the treasure, I still have questions. Who is that treasure for? Because Jack keeps mentioning how he's he's kept a promise for her. But who is her? Yeah. Who is her? Yeah, so they they definitely have, have left it to where they could definitely expand upon it if I think if it's financially beneficial to do so. Mm. Um so one way or the other, whether they just leave it as is, you know, it it, it ended well enough, but it definitely could do more. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I did want to bring up a, a quick little note, being that this is the the first week of the Pirate's Life update. Um, the completion for a Pirate's Life Tall Tale is at 4.94% unlocked for gamers, which is surprisingly close to the total number of Pirate Legends <laughs> in Sea of Thieves. So... Uh there's there's been quite a bit in in just as a as a, a bit of um as a as a bit of a, a comparison the shroud breaker is at 13.84% completion so it's not quite as as high as like the original shroud breaker but pretty good track record for the the actual for the it being the first week yeah that's a, that's really interesting Think about, Hefe, how few people can chase us into the Shrouds of Gold, knowing those numbers. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'm not surprised we have not seen Davy Jones's cloud very often yet. <clears throat> well, we're definitely, it's, it's still pretty low. Like if we're looking at just under 5% completion for the first Tall Tale, uh, the... The Lords of the Sea, which is the last one, that's only at 0.63%. So definitely a smaller number uh, for the completion for that. Um, likewise, the the Shores of Gold, uh, Tall Tale, I just, oh, I just had it. Uh, that one is only at, oh no, is that one? Yeah, no, that's all the commendations for it. That's not actually the completion. I just had the completion. 2.69% of gamers have unlocked the Shores of Gold Tall Tale. So, yeah, very interesting. Now, it all comes at the caveat that this is literally people who've installed the game and booted it are considered in the gamer pool for completing this. So a fair portion of players have downloaded the game, started it, but never actually done anything beyond the the main voyage in fact i think the main voyage might be the better pool of players to see like with new pirates just how many of them have actually proceeded beyond the actual uh the actual tutorial and given us an idea of like just how how many people are making it through that eventual or that that first portion of the game um so i'm trying to find that it looks like 25 percent of gamers who've played the game have completed the maiden voyage hmm. I wonder how many of like those of us original players from the first what two years and have to do the maiden voyage that didn't exist never went back and and did it. Oh, that's interesting too. Yeah, because a lot of players, a lot of players who have played aren't forced to do it. It's been optional, and a lot of new players are forced to do it. Yeah. So I'd, I would be curious to understand that too. 
There's so many stats that could tell us so many things. Yeah. But they, they, they hide them or they, they make them difficult to find and understand. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, like, you know, 5% of players have completed this tall tale is, is cool, but. You know, what is the what is the the metric that we're working off of and how many of those people are going to stick around? Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to go on to or we're, we're pushing a little bit past that 15 minutes and I don't want folks to uh, to to <laughs> be lied to too much. Um, but was there anything else that you guys wanted to grab onto, or or did you want to put it on hold for our next convening of the gold hoarders? I'm good. So I think we've re- I think we've revealed enough to start with. <laughs> Yeah, I think we I think we said enough. Well, as always, I appreciate the hell out of you guys all coming together to not only support the podcast, but just to have these conversations. I love getting a chance to to chat with you because I genuinely don't get to sail with you all that much. And and as as unfortunate as it is, I look forward to these end of the month episodes where we can all kind of sit down and have a good conversation about Sea of Thieves. And it's really interesting to hear your thoughts on how things are going. (laughs) Because they're way different than than what I think sometimes. <laughs> but thank you all for coming. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, does anyone have any shout outs that they wanted to do or any place that they wanted to send folks if they plan on doing any kind of streaming or content creation that you want people to go check out, F.A.? Uh, no, I'm still waiting on them to lay fiber in my neighborhood so that I can have the bandwidth to, to adequately, adequately do both. So no, no, no. Okay. I'm just around in the Discord. Come find me. I'm there. Awesome. Mina, I know you're always posting fun photos in the real life section of the Discord. Is there anything you've seen recently that you want to share or point people towards? Um, no. I I'm just about on Discord and sometimes Twitter. Occasionally you might see me in other people's streams, but I don't have the bandwidth to stream myself. Alrighty. Regis, anything you got going on you want to share with folks? Uh no chapter of my fanfic this time because you know, this has been the update kind of kind of distracted me, to be honest. And uh, I'm usually playing CFEs as, in Australian times because, you know, that's the only time I can play, play to be honest, because I am living in Australia. So if anyone wants to play in those ridiculous hours, just, you know, I'm always available for somebody to sail with. True, true. We don't have quite as many uh, Australian pirates in, in the Discord as we do uh, British for the most part or, or American for that matter. Uh, professor, yeah, my world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> professor, was there any place you wanted to send folks or anything you want them to go check out? Um, at professor underscore TN on Twitter. And also, um, keep hold of your treasure. You'll see me on the seas with my black rose crow, <laughs> <or laughs> black rose crew. Uh, just keep it, keep it nice and nice and close for you. Make sure. <laughs> Should they just toss it overboard because this is the the friendy friend event starting at the beginning of the month? <laughs> you know, you get you get friend credit for taking a keg onto another boat. Just, oh, that's just a, nice. Just a helpful hint. That's a good. Yeah, hey, I, you know. You know, and accidents happen, and and you know you things can, go boom. You can never tell. Storms come out of nowhere all the time. <laughs> uh, big bad pad <laughs> <Those> gifts. <laughs> Was there any place you wanted to send folks? Um, I am Spudhead Paddy over on Twitch. Um, I tend to stream occasionally, um, but when I do, it's like for four or five hours at a time. So uh, there's plenty of plenty of stuff to go and look at at the moment. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for joining. Uh, we will be joining for another community episode at the end of July. 
uh, I don't have the dates in front of me, but it will definitely be the fourth episode in July. And then uh, if anyone has any questions, comments, feedback, things like that, just head over to the Keelhaul Discord. You can find all of our Gold Hoarder members in there uh, where you can chat with them about thoughts, fan theories, things like that, that you want to in our Tavern Talk experience. And Pirates, with that, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta. People never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, Two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasting thing. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast. A show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters, and story of Cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.